You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 381st episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in lovely Orlando, Florida. This is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in beautiful Holyoke, Massachusetts, where you guys, we are right around the corner from gravel season. We are right around the corner. I feel like we're on the cusp of road season. Uh, It's time for me to start thinking about getting my training going, getting my bike ready, uh, all the things that I need to do to really hit the season, um, you know, hit the ground running uh, this season because, you know, I've got a lot of big goals and I don't want to get behind the eight ball uh, too early. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, I've been dusting off the bike. I've been uh, lubing my chain um, to try and keep it alive because um, I don't know if you guys have heard about the, uh, if you guys bought a chain recently, actually, it's... No, I... I couldn't find chains, but I'm happy that a friend of mine told me get a chains now. So I bought like two chains a year okay. and a half oh, ago, and that's why you're hoarding. Um, I, that's good because the 11 speed chain, chains though. are absolutely gone. Little guy, you should be fine. Yeah, I'm. I'm okay. Um, I I've topped out at 10 speeds, so the demand is much lower in the eight, nine, and 10 I, speed chains I purchased. I feel like you'd even be willing to back off to nine speed if you had to. Oh, I'm fine with that. Is that true? I can give up a gear yeah. if, it, if it means I can <laughs> keep riding this. I have bikes mm-hmm. that do that on their own. They just made so, that decision. Spencer, <laughs> I'm just going to foreshadow here. Uh-huh. Are, due to the chain shortage, uh-huh. are you thinking of postponing the start of your season because Schwamigan is in September? So maybe supply catches up to demand? <sighs> Well, I'm Later? not, yeah, I'm hoping that that is in the next chapter of the uh, training Bible uh, that I'm working my way through. I'm, I'm only on chapter one. Um, <laughs> I haven't gotten to supply chain shortages yet. In, Bike in swap those purchase, kind of, the training yeah. Bible, classic, I'm, classic I'm appearance. I'm assuming yeah. that you, you know, you work back a couple months, you plan out your training from your targeted A event, and you just sort of uh, line up your excuses so they're plausible. Do you, that's, yeah, that's do you have a lot of uh, A events? or B events or any events? <laughs> I have an A event and it is Schwamigan where I will destroy like, you. Again. Like a event, not a. an A <laughs> event. Oh, well, I guess it works. A little column A, little column B. Um, <laughs> all right, all right, just checking. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I've, I'm feeling good. I, I don't know exactly where my fitness is at, but um, I feel I like mean, it's probably pretty good. My fitness is not good. Um, oh, as you know, I did the whole cross Florida thing in early January. Yeah, Spent smart, a lot of smart. selfish hours on the bike in the months leading up to that. And so mm-hmm. I haven't ridden the last two months. And I have then discovered how hard it is to be a dad to two young kids. So I'm going <laughs> to choose my words very, I'm going to choose my words very carefully here. Uh-huh. But to all those masters racers, that are around anywhere from the age of 35 to 45 uh-huh. that have two young kids. I don't know how you do it mm. because you're really putting a lot of time in on the bike and then also being a dad. It's very difficult. Yeah. I only I sneak mean, in the riding with commuting, really. It's the only way it's possible. It's, Boy, it's, I hate to hear this. I'm really going to be... Uh, uh, I got to win this. Call your shots. You guys Alrighty. are putting the pressure on me now. We could be sandbagging you. I feel yeah. like everybody's avoided, uh, playing I the could same be avoiding my here. kids. How long do I um, commute, though? You don't so, know. Now, <laughs> it's true. I, don't, I have no idea. Uh, you know, Spencer leading into Shawamigan, which is a event for all three of us. Uh-huh. Um, I... I am a little worried because I don't know if you've been following Little Guy on the old Twitter account, but um, no. I did see that he got his hematocrit checked the other day because he had like a physical bastard. The and Little Guy, I have to ask you, 
What, did the doctor give you the old raised eyebrow when you asked him what the hematocrit was? Because mine does every time when uh, I get blood work done for the yearly physical. I'm like, oh, what's that hematocrit? And he's like, uh, and then he has to like leaf through papers because it doesn't matter. And he's like, yeah. what? and I'm like, it's a very important number, sir. <laughs> no, you know, it was, uh, it was just in the results that I got sent. So I didn't, I didn't get to, uh, tell him about, uh, all my cycling, no knowledge of, of blood. Um, but so I, what, you're like, what, what's your what, hematocrit at 42. So room for improvement. Um, I think, yeah, that's, uh, I got that's plenty, on the low end of the scale. You, which means I'm nowhere near 60%. Which means I'm going to be a full donkey to racehorse transformation once the 1990s uh-huh. starts coursing through my veins. Right. So uh-huh. what's the next, what's the next step? Like a military boot camp for team uh, building? Yeah. With Biardi? Yeah, it's really all about uh, positive mental attitude, and my hemocrit should jump up to like forty-eight right there. Well, and then, and I think if you keep your <laughs> RPMs up at around one hundred and ten, they'll go up to they'll dance right at forty-nine point nine 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 nine. Repeating. Yeah. Uh, no, but when when I had this physical, guys, and I got this blood work and stuff, they also gave me um, a vaccine for uh, I, can't, I always forget it. it's for uh, rust. Um, Tetanus. Oh, uh, tetanus. 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 That's true. Tetanus. So you don't have a tetanus are, shot? Are you, are, are you around a lot of rust? I am around <laughs> a lot of rust. When the doctor said, hey, you're, you're due for your tetanus, I did think, I am due for my tetanus. I have definitely stabbed myself with parts of German cars or old bikes in the last few years and thought, I hope that tetanus uh-huh. is up to date. And the, <laughs> the last time I got a tetanus shot was when in... Around 10 years ago, I did the uh, Gateway Cup cross race midweek UCI race in St. Louis, and I made it ah, to the first corner lovely city. and got chopped by, I think, Brad Huff, though I might just be throwing Brad Huff under the bus on this one because <laughs> he was the only uh, person I knew whose name that was I, in the race that started near me. And then I'm I ended pretty up getting confident a shot. You've thrown. Chris Jones under the bus for this, who was riding for Rafa at the time. I think he was in front of me. I, I think he started like... in front of me. I don't see. Brad... Oh, he certainly started in front of you. But this is why I think Brad seems... makes sense. And, and it's probably not Brad. It could have been anybody. But in my recollection, like uh-huh. Chris Jones was in front of me, started in front of me. Huff, I assume, uh-huh. just came from the road, didn't have any cross points and he got seated uh-huh. next to me or behind me. So he had to come around my. He was probably behind you. Yeah. I mean, but it, let's admit he's faster than me, so he would be in the position of having like he was, to come over me into that first corner. That's what I'm saying. Like, so he definitely wasn't in front of you because there's no way you would have caught up to Brad Huff. In, no. by the time of the first corner. No, no, no. This person um, flashed by me not, at the last second and then took out my front wheel. Uh, I mean, just it is plausible. It's plausible. That Brad Huff would have been around you, but I do a little concerned. Mm-hmm. That we're throwing Brad Huff under the bus here. Um, it's you know he does under he, the bridge. Do you it's think he remember? <laughs> do you think he remembers this? Probably not. Oh, do you think sure, he even I'm remembers sure he keeps this him race? Up at night. Yeah. I mean, he he did what like a million crits in probably up half a million cross races in his life. He probably what doesn't team remember. Was he on at this time? The feeling of of somebody touching his rear wheel and him being like, huh. probably rally at that time. Rally or Garmin? Maybe Jelly, jelly Belly? Belly. I think Jelly Belly. Okay. I don't know. Now this, I'm assuming this is a that. Side story to here, here's what we need to do. <laughs> okay. We're not getting to your story just yet, little guy. Right. We need to. We need to go into this. We have a lot. We have. We have a lot of interns amongst our dozens of listeners that love internet research projects. <laughs> I'm sure someone can reach out to Brad Huff on social media and ask uh-huh. him if he remembers taking out the little guy of the Slow Ride podcast at. A cross race, a midweek cross race in St. Louis no, 10 no, no, years no. ago. This was a UCI it cross race. It was a UCI. Race. This was a, forced, it's a big race. It was a C2. The forced little guy to get a tetanus shot. Do you have C2. a scar? Yeah, yeah. I got stitches too. Yeah. Stitches caused by Brad Huff. Every well, time you look if, at that <laughs> scar, if it's not Brad, I would be cursing Brad. Maybe we need Brad him on the pod who did to it. talk about maybe Brad. Maybe Brad, you know, he knows who. Next time uh, you guys are in the same spot. Uh, area of the country, maybe at Schwamigan, Brad, huh? Um, you could get him to autograph near yeah. your scar, and then oh. we can get that tattooed onto you. How do you feel about that, little guy? Pretty sure you don't have any tattoos, I but I think that's a good tattoos, first one. That's, yeah, that's hey, like, like Chris Jones. place to start. It's <laughs> <laughs> a perfect place to start. Um, How many people do you think are going to get that Chris Jones reference for a tattoo, by the way? I got it. 
Yeah. I don't even I know if that's going to be on the internet to search. But anyways, I digress. Little guy, you're back to doping for well, Shawamigan. They they said I needed a tetanus shot, and uh, they're going <laughs> to mix in uh, whooping cough or something, right? So I was like, okay, yeah, cool. Throw some more things in there. I but yeah. I think this means it's going to be one shot. Nurse comes in, gives me two shots. I think nothing of it because they mentioned two things. I leave, I go about my business, and then the next day I get a little message in my my chart that says, hey, we accidentally gave you two shots when we were only supposed to give you one. And they accidentally gave me the HPV uh, vaccine <laughs> as well, okay. right? It's good Which to keep that not, under control. Yeah, it was not the something human I needed. Pap- Volinovirus, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's, so it's commonly, wow. they do, you can get this, as a middle-aged guy like myself, but it's commonly given uh-huh. to teenagers um, yeah. and young ch- children. So it's an, I'm not the target demographic, but so far I seem to just, I'm tired. Do you it's, need a It's making TUE? me feel pretty crappy. What? Do you have a USA Cycling license? I don't, I don't. But all I could think was, oh, thank this God. is such a they, great they could be testing excuse, you for this. <laughs> right? Oh my God. That's like, very good. Oh, yeah. my doctor just accidentally did it. Like, when you test positive, pretty sure people so have you... tried this excuse before. Yeah, hang on now, little guy. Does this make any of the arguments we've heard in the past from pros a little more plausible? In yeah, your eyes? you know, I really. Are you now a fan them. of Tom Danielson? Like maybe the steak was tainted all along. I had never had a medical mistake uh, happen to me. A mistake happened uh-huh. to me, right? And so now, yeah, a little bit more like my my mom could have accidentally mixed her heart medicine into that stew she made me. Or um, <laughs> my, my pharmacist is a little a little lazy with cleaning off the pill counter thing. Uh-huh. Um, or the the chocolates my grandma made were laced yeah, just with all kinds of have all that cocaine in them. Uh-huh. Uh, it does Classic. happen. Yeah. So I don't know if this is the best doping uh, excuse ever or not. But all, one thing I do know is I tried to search for ways to dope with the <laughs> HPV vaccine to see if it had any effect, and the internet. Okay. The internet just gave me nothing. It seems like there's no performance-enhancing advantages of this. And I can attest to so far the only thing that's happened to me is that my arm is sore and I feel really tired. (laughs) So it's not helping my training. I I do wonder if USADA gets like automated alerts from the FBI. Like, (laughs) you know how the FBI tracks all your searches? They They track everyone in Minneapolis, so... Yeah. Someone's looking in doping for Minneapolis for oh, yeah, HPV. <laughs> HPV doping. I, mean, I think you need a TUE. Yeah, it could um, be uncharted territory here. I know, like one day maybe, licenses for a while here, Logan. Maybe yeah, there's new something new from this. I mean, I'm, I'm the <laughs> guinea pig. Um, if I'm flying in September, Spencer, you guys are gonna know why. If yeah. he beats us in September, we're definitely gonna know. It is not oh, the yeah. matacrit of forty-two. It's gonna be Although, an anonymous tip-off to <laughs> Travis oh. Tigart. <laughs> Travis, what are you doing here in Schwabigan? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a knock at little guy's door at 5 a.m. Um, wow. Weird, right? Uh, so <laughs> there's some weird segues that we could take out of this. There um, I, let's go the unfortunate route while we're talking a little bit about doping. And that, of course, is the, the sad news coming out of Georgia where Grant Park winner of the Slow Ride podcast trophy of all trophies, Olivia Ray. Um, is now under one of the saddest situations that I've come across and one of the saddest articles I've read on Cycling Tips who did a good job of painting the story and the situation. I had heard some rumors coming across that this was coming out of Georgia. But, um, Spencer, do you want to sum up basically what Oof. from the 10,000-foot um, level? I mean, it is a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nasty one. Yeah, it's it's a nasty situation, and I don't uh, I, I don't know anything more than what the article okay. has uh, has written about that is uh, now public knowledge. Um, but uh, yeah, Olivia, people noticed she was no longer listed on the Human Powered Health uh, formerly Rally uh, team website, and they did a little digging, and um, there's some controversy, let's say, and there's, um, there's we wish her the best. The story's we really good. Do, Go to yes. Cycling Tips and read the article. It would probably be the easiest, right? It's probably the easiest way. It's uh, There's a lot of outside of cycling. Um, Legal matters. There. Basically, um, I hope that she is safe wherever yeah. she is. I hope that she is 
uh, getting the help that she needs. Um, uh, but yeah, there is a, a domestic situation going on uh, that is spiraled into doping allegations as well that who knows if they are revenge based or accuracy based or whatever. But for me, that's kind of the side story to all of this. Like I, um, the big story to me is, is that she is dealing with a lot and, uh, is hopefully getting out of that situation, but it's really murky. And it seems like she filed, you know, restraining orders and then rescinded them. And just kind of a lot of typical, um, standard manipulative stuff going on there from a domestic partner. Um, but all that to say, I, I, I feel really uneasy about the way human powered uh, health has dealt with this as a team by just sort of erasing her from the roster and not saying anything about it. No comment. I mean, it, it seemed like yeah. a, I'm with you, right? There's obviously, we all agreed with what you just said and you framed it up nicely. Thank you for doing that. Let's have the honest conversation here though, that we have a team that has absolutely no comment, just kind of erases her from the internet that she no longer exists, even though she won their biggest, one of their biggest races last year, the into the lion's den crit. She had Mm -hmm. a lot of great results and there's just no mention that she's no longer on the squad. Um, no mention of, you know, wish her wishing her the best, or we acknowledge that there's an open investigation and we've worked to get her the help that she may need. And all these other things. And that to me was like striking that it was just, that's how people found out of the situation. I just, it's a Mm -hmm. little, it's a little um, disheartening. I think they could have handled it a lot better, especially when you consider how, when I felt that what she had asked for the money from into the lion's den seemed, seemed okay. Right. She went to her team and the way the story was presented and just as it worked its way through the channel, it did not come to her. And then the team issued, like forced her to like take down her social media posts yeah. mm-hmm. on those things. And, you know, obviously all of this timing calls into question what was going on, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's not good. No, I was hoping no. for more from human powered health. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, uh, they come to their senses and, um, shed a little light on it. Uh, but uh yeah um look out for each other out there guys uh if you if you see the the telltale signs of uh domestic abuse and situations like that um say something do something um you know it's it's out there right under our noses sometimes and uh it's it's a very not a good thing um i don't know a lot of details obviously outside of that article but uh the uh, the other dude involved seems like a a real piece of work. So, um, yeah, I don't know what to say about it besides that. Well, I think we summed it up, but it needed to be discussed. And I think we have universal thoughts on, yeah, there needs to be a little bit more clarity. You can't just, anyways, um, from human powered health. I uh, hope that they step up and at least tell us. Their, uh, their side. Um, I, I don't know how to segue um, from one of the saddest uh, doping um, investigations to professional bike racing, but I'm sure it's probably easier than and then can go. So therefore, just random. So has, uh, uh, has Valverde done anything this week? Well, uh, I was going to say randomly, I'm just going to go to Torino Adriatico. Uh-huh. Uh, the battle for the um, Trident took place in Italy starting mm. on Tuesday. And here we are after um, stage seven, the general classification is over. And what is this? Tajik Pogacar takes it by almost two minutes over Vingard of little guys, Jumbo Visma team and Mikel Land. <laughs> Whoa, Mikel Landig boys yeah, in baby. third place. Look who's in fourth. He's back. Port. Um, yeah. So there you go. Uh, yeah. Torino Adriatico is over. Um, one of my favorite named cyclists takes the last stage. Philip Bauhaus of mm. uh, mm-hmm. Germany takes the win. But uh, yeah, so overall, uh, Pokercar is looking pretty good. Looking he, insanely yeah. good, I think, is the main takeaway from this. Can he, yeah. can we just have, can he win? A little bit. Can yeah. he win Milan San Remo? 
Yeah, that's the million dollar question right now, right? I think it's very possible. I think I'm very I mean, I'm very it, excited about Melanson Rainbow because of this. Like his form is so amazing right now. Do you guys he's gonna have to put is a his form in. is his form good enough that he could be the first to pull off the Scarponi Bridge yes. in Milan San Remo by going on the Cipressa, yes. bridging up to whatever little breakaway is out there and holding that to the finish, which the Scarponi Memorial Bridge is a thing of beauty. It is where Scarponi would bridge across <laughs> and fail to win the race um, oh, through no fault of his time. own. Yeah. Um, and I, for one, would love to see it. I would love to see anyone go on how, the Chipressa. How far and make is it, it from stick. the Chipressa to Poggio? Seventy. It's like fifteen it's, kilometers. No, between oh. the two, it's not that yeah. long, but it's long enough that it uh, hasn't worked since the nineties, maybe. <laughs> so yeah. since since those hemocrits were naturally forty-two and then were inflated to fifty-three, so um, man, I'm with you, Spencer. That would be great, and I'm not putting it by him. Someone's got to put the bug in his ear to do it because he'll just. I think he seems like he's like whatever. He seems so casual about everything lately that if somebody's like, dude, mm-hmm. you could try to win it the regular way, but once you go long, he might just yeah. do it. Way more fun. That's all right. That, if it's that or nothing, I'm going to be disappointed by Milan San Remo if I don't get a <laughs> attack, a long range. I mean, he'll attack. Right he's he'll gonna he'll attack. certainly attack, but I, I like. The Poggio is just, that's a sprinter climb attack. You know, like that is not a climbing specialist attack spot. Um, How do you guys feel overall though with um, Torito Adriatico, right? It was, I mean, to me, it was like the the takeaway from when I watched the highlights and the limited stages that I watched um, in Mm -hmm. the background was that it was the Poga car show, right? Like there was like nothing else to really take away. Like, other people tried to attack him. Didn't matter. Pogacar is like, he is the man to beat. He's mm-hmm. the greatest living cyclist right now. Yeah. I mean, other than, uh, Remco, Maybe a Remco yeah. and Vingard trying to give him a run for their money and Remco cracking. Oh, yeah. yeah. Remco. I don't know. Um, well, I'm just going to say, I, what I wanted to say was that, so you got Vingard's at two, in two minutes in second place and then Remco is in 11th. Mm-hmm. But all mm-hmm. that other top 10, you look at that and there's solid GC riders in there. It's nice to see yeah. uh, uh, Pino back in the game a little bit. When you say yes. solid GC riders, are you talking about uh, Pino? Michael He's talking Lander? about Pino. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, the whole, the whole, the whole top, top 10. Uh, Landa, Pino, you know, solid Hindley, GC guys. Caruso. I mean, look, you've got, you've got multiple oh, yeah. Grand Tour podium finishers on this Bardet? list. But Oof. they weren't even really... Like if you had just tuned in to the actual racing and, and the, like the highlights, you would have seen any of those guys, and those are all uh-huh. like big names in the sport. So like it was it was it was a a total smackdown on these guys. But when you look at the results sheet, you're like, well, man, they they were there. I guess the stars of the last ten years were there, <laughs> if even they yeah. didn't see them. He's just on a complete other level right now. So. On, on on the one hand, we had Torino going on, and we had that, that we had the Pogue show, and it, uh, on the other side, we've got Perry Nice happening, yeah. uh-huh. and we've got the Primos show, or maybe the Jumbo show, or the maybe the Wout show. show. I don't know what. Man, what yeah. is in the water in Slovenia? It? Can we just ask that? And then Spencer, I know that we're going into the Paris Nice, but little guy is going to be really disappointed that you didn't talk about Simon Yates winning the last stage today. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to talk about that. The I mean, last day of, of Perry Nice oh, delivered on being yeah. one of the best days of racing of the year every year. It's always crazy. You always have someone in the top three or four going mm-hmm. for it. And there's mm-hmm. always a point where they are right about leader on the road. And whoever's the leader of the race either falls down or cracks. And mm-hmm. and and Primo's kind of cracked today. If it wasn't for a while, well, he, had he was not to help him. getting that. Yeah. We Can saw I, the, the, they asked him about last year um, and did the ghosts of the past uh, haunt him at all today? And he yeah. said the, the past does not predict the future, which sounded very, <laughs> very poetic uh, and very ominous and uh, turned out to be true. Um, he, so he, he was able to overcome his demons um, with the I mean, Wout, his knight in shining armor. Uh, Wout helped him. For in, him. 
by the way, shout out that Red Bull helmet. I really like. I'm loving okay. it. It's it's corporate so easy to chill. pick them out. All right, it's I know I'm a corporate chill. Yeah. I used to be a monster drinker, uh-huh. um, but here I am slugging the Red Bulls because I like it because it's so easy to find him in the peloton now. Yeah, that's so true. I don't want anyone I mean, else to do it. Belgian kid isn't isn't very easy to find. Yeah. But when is the? It's always in the very top true. three. Yeah. But when is the when's Monster <laughs> Energy going to get their helmets out there? When's Muckoff going to start sponsoring a road team and get their helmets out there? But when is any brand going to sponsor a helmet? Like when is anybody else going to figure out that this is the thing that they can do? Um, because yeah, it seems point. like nobody is on the ball. Now, little guy, uh, did you watch last stage today? Of course, I did. Yes, I did not. So I, I was it. busy being a dad, um, <laughs> as I talked about earlier. Uh, I make um, my, I make my son watch bike racing. <laughs> <laughs> and he likes it. Um, he so doesn't care that much. But. I got a little bit of a question for you here. So yes. Simon Yates goes up the road on the attack. Yes. Wow. I'm, I'm assuming looking at the results. Then Wow. And uh, do you um, want me to tell you since I watched it what happened? Prim- or you have a question? Can you just tell me? Did Adam Yates <laughs> chase down his brother? He was in the second group and he was on the front. Um, so that's some at, that's some BS. I well, do not here's appreciate. Here's what I'll that. tell you. Here's I'll tell you what happened. <laughs> at one point. Uh, Nairo lit it up. You had you had Nairo, you had Roglic, you had Yates, and you had Danny Martinez, and wow, which Yates, right? So you got that that move going. Nairo's putting it on. Uh, mm-hmm. Before Nairo gets dropped, Danny Martinez gets a flat on the descent right before the last climb. So he ends up back in that second group, which is why Adam Yates had to start riding for him because mm-hmm. Martinez was up in GC. It would have been a, who knows mm-hmm. what would have happened if if. Martinez was looking good. If he could have gone with Yates, it's a question mark. If yeah. it would have been Yates and Martinez against Wout chasing, because Roglic barely took a turn until the descents at the end there. I after mean, that they, last one, like he was cracked. You could see that he was cracked pretty good. Um, can you imagine that uh, the holiday party? I don't know. I, I'm sure there's an Australian. <laughs> there's an Australian Thanksgiving. They're all sitting Fair around and the way family is. Can someone yeah. in Australia let us know if there's an Australian Thanksgiving? I would appreciate that. So that, you know, they're, they're sitting around the table. Um, what, what? They're not eating turkey. What are they eating? Like a do- dodo bird? It's like, what, what's, what's the yeah. bird of choice down in when Australia? We're going to get some emails I'm, about yeah, ostrich. Get some are they emails. ostrich? It's not going to be magpie. Let me look when the dodo win is. Magpie. Yeah. So, so they're, 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 they're sitting around the magpie uh-huh. um, at Australian Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. And then uh, Simon just real angry. Super angry, and and Adam's on the other side of the table, and and mom, mom is like, "Hey, you two, knock it off!" And, and right then, right then, Simon the, the kangaroo butler busts through the door from the kitchen, oh. bringing in the, a hot fresh magpie for everyone yeah. to enjoy. Uh huh. Yeah. And, and Simon been extinct for three hundred years. Okay, thank you. Um, okay. And so, sti- <laughs> so Simon says, "Crikey!" and at that moment, it just blows up, and he's like, "Stage eight, Paris Nice, twenty twenty two. You chased me down. Uh-huh. You think it goes like that? Probably. Yeah, probably. Though they, I don't see how else it would go. Yeah, this was going to happen since they're GC riders and they're on separate teams. Do you think they've talked about it? You think they've discussed <laughs> when it will be okay? I really want there to be some family drama here because yeah, for years like if, we've if had we teammates together, that are brothers. Should we work together or should we not? You know. Yeah. Like most brothers are on the same team because usually yeah, they, there's they one that's settling to help. I know there's usually one that like drags <laughs> the other one along. Not yeah. that Peter Sagan does this with your edge, but I'm just throwing that out there. Just postulating that this could be yeah. a situation. Same with the is gears. Um, <laughs> so I'm curious if they've discussed, Hey, you know, Hey, younger brud. Hey lad, if you're up the road, I'm not going to chase you back. But which because one's he used younger? to walk me to school in the morning. They're, they're, it's hard they're, to say. They're, they're, one of them is minutes. They're not twins? It's never been yeah. proven. No, but <laughs> one of them has to be slightly older, right? You think they hang that over? I'm like, you have to work for me. I was born eight minutes before you. Possibly. I don't know which one's older. I'm sure, I'm sure there's a story on that one. We could do a little bit of research. Get, get mm-hmm. the, Man, the research seems out of it. character for us. <laughs> get the fact checkers on. Okay, anyways, I digress, little guy. Okay. Tell me more about... I, I, I wanted to hear, I wanted to totally derail little guy's story here because it was a thrill a minute, but, uh, you mentioned Mikel Landa, uh, earlier. Um, I believe he's on Bahrain victorious, uh, still, 
Um, but over here at Perry Nice, we got a one Jack Hag finishing in sixth, also for Brian Victorious, who I think is a rider for the future. Um, I thought this a couple of years ago, obviously, when he had some good showings. Um, come oh, you think the big leadership. tours. Oh. I don't know that Landa is in the clear yet. Um, So once again, Landa made a poor choice on a team to go to. Well, we had the same problem last year. Look, look at, look at the Torino. Landa got third, but Caruso who uh, usurped him at the Giro last year uh, Mm -hmm. was, was just a little bit farther back in seventh place. So probably building form more conservatively toward his Giro (laughs) podium defense than Landa is. So no, I'm, I would, I'm with you. Landa's, again going to be in the same spot as he's going to he's going to lose time in the first stage and either Hager Caruso is going to say put his arm up in the team meeting and go it's me now guys it's me oh, now man is there is the Netflix series following Landa because I I know Netflix doesn't need a lot of help they have a great selection with a lot of things the new F1 series came out I'm three quarters of the way through in the line of fire right now I mean things are looking good at Netflix <laughs> If the producer okay. needs a little bit of help, I would say just put the camera on Landa. Whatever, wherever Landa is, just follow him around. You're going to get mm-hmm. the the excitement. Well, yeah. they're probably going to get get to the bottom of this Yates thing and see which one came first. Um, you know, I imagine that'll be a whole episode. Easy, yeah. easy. Oh, uh, so little guy, thumbs up. Which one was better this time, Nice or Torino? Oh, it's always Nice, man. It's Nice. You had, uh, I mean, you had you had the jumbo. Just being pretty mm. dominant. You had Walt being the super teammate. Roglic cracking. The Yates at the end. The last day is always good. Uh, you had the guy from uh, Total Energy who got away the other day in the 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 standard mm-hmm. one improbable Frenchman uh, <laughs> attack where there's no way it's going to work, and it did work. All the best. Uh, I want to say two things about Perry Nice uh, before we move on to the pre line probably. Uh, one... Yates with a with a with a neck warmer uh, mm. today. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I like that Bike Exchange went with a neck warmer that's the same color as the full blue kit. The, while I'm not a big fan of the kit, the blue neck thing. So he's just he's all blue. I love it, and and I he's love so when a blue. rider. I love when a rider. I love on these cold stages when a rider is like still got the like wintry gear on. That there, there's no time to mm-hmm. take that off, and I like it. Two, I wanted to say, Gil Martin. The helmet hair is it's amazing right now. It looks so oh, good. He's he's been very yeah. he's been very active this spring. He's been riding really well. He finished top ten. But uh-huh. his helmet hair is just it's just amazing right now. It's the you perfect know, length and I, I hope he can maintain this haircut till the tour because it's not too long, it's not too short. It's just Everybody spot on. talks about Pogue's helmet yeah. hair and I don't think he is leading the classification. No. In that regard, um, I think you're, I think you're definitely onto something here, and this is a, a slow ride podcast exclusive. Um, you definitely heard this here first. So when all the other big cycling blogs and, and publications uh, get on the train in a few months, as they usually do, definitely remind them that uh, you heard it here on the slow ride it podcast is, first. It is super impressive. I would say this, little guy, just to touch on it, it makes up for the ugliness that is that. A koi helmet. I see. I like that helmet because it's sort of no. from a distance. It looks like a hat. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when I see that helmet on him, and then he has that helmet hair from a distance, I'm like, "What is going on? Make any sense why does Why does Kofidis not have to wear helmets? They're wearing hats. I think it's. it's I like think it's the ugliest helmet. Look. I think hmm. it's the ugliest helmet in the peloton. Oh my gosh! Being white, wow. a little bit too. I'm... Not usually, I'm in a position I'm not usually in where I am Switzerland in this situation, and I I just don't have an opinion uh, well, on that that's, helmet. That's okay, um, but you know who does have an opinion? The most oh. fashionable man in professional cycling. Of course, mm-hmm. I'm talking about our very own correspondent who looked resplendent this past week. The one, the only Bling Matthews in this week's Prime Lap. everybody and uh yeah enjoy your story podcast all right guys here we are once again in the prem lap so much to discuss but can we give major shout outs to friend of the pod michael bodenheimer for releasing episode one 
of Hot Lap Summer, his documentary-style footage, yes. on-the-bike footage of automatic racing in last year's USA Crits series. Did you uh, guys have the opportunity to watch it? It's so good. It's, it's the best. It's so like, good. It's, it's everything that we are hoping that uh, a Tour de France Netflix series would be, but it's already here, and it's about races that we all know and love here in, in the U.S. anyway, in the crit scene, which, let's be honest, guys, the crit scene, way more exciting racing than the Tour de France. The Tour de France obviously has great moments, but it's spread out over so much boring <laughs> countryside <laughs> and beautiful sunflowers and chateaus and things. Crit racing is, it's, it's the NASCAR of cycling, and it's awesome, and yeah, it's just such a good... It's, it's such a good video. Just go to Can't YouTube wait for the next one and search hot lap summer episode one. It's about the air force air force classic. It's perfectly yeah. timed because crit season is starting up. Can Justin Williams to, uh, just won the Birmingham hammer fest where the prize, by the way, was a sledgehammer. Really cool. But I got to say the hot lap summer really well done. You've heard Michael Bodenheimer mm -hmm. on in the media pit over at CX Harris radio um, nothing but kudos to him. Check yeah. it out. And your support of the wide angle podium network helps shows like that exist. It's yeah. the best 15 minutes you can watch. Come on. If you're listening yeah. to this Tuesday morning, you might have work to do. I'll tab your <laughs> way over to YouTube and yeah. start the 15 minutes. It's worth it. It's that good. Yeah. And uh, more people need to see it. Yeah. So, uh, wide angle podium.com slash YouTube or youtube.com slash wide angle podium. Either way, you'll get there. It's uh, the most recent video out, Hot Lap Summer, uh, and there'll be more to follow as well. So definitely check it out. And also shout out to Amanda Nauman, Zach Schuster, and Bill Scheichen of the Grodio podcast. You can also check them out. They were out in, uh, Amanda was out in Oklahoma for Mid-South. We'll talk about that at the post of the pre-lap, but I can't wait to see some of her coverage coming there and then of course our friends over at nowhere fast and criterium nation bringing you all of the best info and independent cycling media check it out on wideanglepodium.com all right guys let's get back to the show hey there it's mike vanningham your second favorite canadian and I do listen to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, here we are once again after the Prem Lap. We have a ton of great listener emails. I'd like to get mm -hmm. into a couple of them, if that's good. So um, let's go first to Roxanne King. You folks need to fly into the Amsterdam airport. <clears throat> I was okay. changing planes and had some time to kill. And there were multiple sex toy shops and some signs for this way to the brothel in Dutch. They may be more polite than that in Dutch, but that's how my associate translated them. I mean, yeah, if you got some time to kill, yeah, yeah. seems reasonable. Uh, Roxanne continues in the we're not sh ashamed of sexuality Netherlands. It is not mm -hmm. surprising at all that an adult toy company would sponsor a bike race. To a large extent, it exposes how prudish Americans are when they're blushing and hiding their eyes as they go through an international airport. I cannot stop laughing as you talked about being embarrassed by a sex toy company's sponsorship of women's <laughs> cycling. Thanks for a fun memory and another great podcast, Roxanne. Well, thanks for listening, Roxanne. Totally uh, not blushing now. Um, yeah. <laughs> No, that was that was good stuff, and you know we can uh, we can have a quick follow up on the uh, the prize debacle that we we she is referring to from last episode uh, where Ellen Van Dyke uh, posted a photo on Twitter of her uh, prize package that she got, which was a a gift box from uh, Easy Toy, I believe it is, um, that was sponsoring the race, and then this week she followed it up again with. Uh, another photo of from the podium prizes because apparently Ellen Van Dyke cannot stop getting uh, podiums, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is good for her. It's um, a great curse. But uh, there's a photo of the vacuum cleaner that she won uh, at this week's race. Um, so was, was this race in Italy? Like what was the, like where was the... Uh, yeah, I'm I mean, not sure. Um, 
It's like I'm diametrically sure <laughs> opposite <laughs> prices. I'm not sure where it was from. I didn't I didn't see the brand or I don't recall it. Uh, in the UK corner, they just call them all Hoovers. Um, so yeah. it really doesn't matter. But the photo was of her husband uh, giving a hug to the um, <laughs> vacuum cleaner. And the caption was, finally something for him from the podium. So <laughs> I love it. A good sport about all of it so, in the end, uh, which I very much appreciate. I got to think that if you were a really good cyclist over the years, there's got to be a way where you can at least start outfitting a house with all the different like things that you need, right? We've had, we've seen shower, oh, got, yeah. we've seen shower heads before. We've seen range in like induction stoves from Bora. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think you could probably make a pretty good house. I'm sure someone's picked up some slabs of quick step flooring over yeah. the years. All that, yeah. Um, Abbey, concrete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Grout or whatever. Anyways, yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, Tom Boonen or Fabian Cancellara or somebody, you can probably pave most of your driveway with cobblestones. There you go. There you go. It's not that often, boys, that we get an email that is turned up to 11. I think we get a lot of emails that are meant in jest, that are <laughs> fun, <laughs> that kind of just, you know, poke some fun at us. But this one, I mean, Casey comes at us hard with. Mark Soler strikes again. What up, fellas? Surprise, surprise. Mark Soler attacked all the sprinters teams at Torino today at the most inopportune time with no hope at all of setting anything up for his team, his sprinter, or his leader. The Eurosport commentators were pure gold trying to explain Soler's attack by saying, (laughs) this man, Soler, had a role. Not quite sure what it was. He set himself up, but only to be caught, I expect. Was it a folly? A rush of blood to the head for sure. (laughs) Robbie McEwen and his commentating partners trying their very best to avoid saying, what a totally ineffectual, selfish attack that helps no one. All this as the helicopter pictures show Solaire dangling out in front of a flat across the front, totally unconcerned group. Everyone knows <laughs> that yet again, Solaire will be caught because he's a dummy. The only risk seemed to be whether he was going to take down the entire pack by planting himself right in the middle of the road as he was swarmed with riders going right and left around his inconsiderate, ineffectual ass. <laughs> what a schmuck. Solaire being Solaire. Casey. Uh, tell us how you feel, Casey. Uh, Jeez. Yeah. Stop beating around the bush. Uh, I mean, I got to think, little guy, you're the one that's kind of called him out on this. So you, you and Casey uh, are kind of in this together. Yeah, I don't know. What, yeah, I mean, if you watch the Netflix uh, movie star doc, you know, for the last few years, uh, Solaire's a, he's a tough one. And you could see the team having the same feelings, being like, man, so much <laughs> talent and difficult sometimes, but I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's turned a page. Who knows? Nah, so much there. And, uh, you know, Casey, <laughs> if you need, if you want to talk it out, just, you know, reach back <laughs> yeah. out again. That's, That's all right. Yeah. We, we can be the sounding board for We're any of the complaints, you. uh, you guys have about bike you know, racers all, in general. Yeah. We all have riders that we just don't, we don't, we just don't have an affinity for. Tim's got Philippe. I wasn't I got, a big Johnny Visconti fan, but you know I wish him the best in his post-race career <laughs> life. I'm, I'm pretty much uh, against Moscone and Quinn Simmons and yeah. Corey Dergard. Well, I, I love but, those guys. Why do you dislike them? Is there some reason? Yeah, they just don't rub me the right way. <laughs> Weird. I think it's the lack of media training. Yeah. All right, this next email comes to us from longtime listener and supporter of the podcast from Savannah, Georgia, Justin, he wants to know, did I sandbag? Oh, I write to you this day seeking judgment, maybe forgiveness, but mostly mocking. This past weekend, there was a local mountain bike race. We don't get a lot of local racing in my town, and this will probably be the only mountain bike race in Savannah all year. There weren't ability categories, and instead racers signed up for either one, two, or three laps. I registered for the two-lap race, thinking it would be the equivalent to a B-race. I got the whole shot and led the entire race, shouting sport leader back (laughs) as often as I could while I worked my way through the stragglers from the other races. Doing it right. Perfect. Yeah. I even held my arms aloft, excited to have won. 
And then I saw second and third place roll in. They were both 14-year-olds participating in what was likely their first bike race at their hometown trails. So I need to know, did I sandbag? Uh I sand up for the race that I thought was the most appropriate to my skill level. I would normally race in the sport B category. Did I actually ruin these kids' weekends, or is it an important lesson for them to learn (laughs) that masters racers are jerks who will hog all the attention any chance they get? It was a mixed group with all age levels, but I need to know if I stole those teenagers' dreams right out from under their 720-millimeter handlebars. Justin. Oh, boy. This is a tricky Maybe. one. You because might have. Yeah. When, when you look at it, when you, when you analyze what happened, he did do the exact thing you would expect a Masters racer to do, which is yeah. sign up for the category that you know you can win or be competitive in and do just that. But knowing the backstory and, 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 you know, having met Justin before, uh, I kind of believe that he's, uh, he's coming to us on the level with the details here. Yeah. That he probably did make an honest mistake. It's a, it's a tough call. It's a tough judgment. I, I can see both sides of this situation. Oh, he 100% sandbagged yeah. and I approve. Interesting. Like, right. <laughs> like, like, let me just yeah. say like, okay. like right. he totally <laughs> signed up to for the wrong it. category. Because it didn't, like, it was a one, two, or three. Mm-hmm. He has enough fitness to do the three lap. Like, right? If we're talking about... Well, he, didn't, he conveniently didn't mention how long the lap was. Yeah, he, yeah. And <laughs> I, a two lap rate, come on. Justin, you could have done the three. You wanted to win the thing. And you know what? I approve. You sandbagged your way to the top of the podium. And you taught you... these 14-year-old kids a life lesson. Here's the thing. 14 years old, that's when you really find out about life. You're in, That's true. I think you're in ninth grade at that point, eighth or ninth grade. So you're kind of in that, you know, you're going to high school the next year or whatever. These kids are, maybe they're racing. Uh, Georgia's got a good high school mountain bike league. You know what? Maybe they thought they were going to win. Maybe they're hot shots. And guess what? Oh, yeah. Who's this guy that just destroyed them? They Turn learned a pretty good life them. lesson. There you go. Here's the thing. What do they think? Who do they think they are? They, they need to know. Thinking they're hot stuff. Exactly. There's always someone faster than you, right? Like that is the thing, you, unless you're poker card. There's always like <laughs> someone faster than you, and therefore you need to be reminded of that fact. And Justin right. did that, yeah, to himself by not registering for the three lap because he, yeah, the someone would have beaten certainly him. All the faster people, <laughs> yeah. But he knew that already. He's he had the life lessons. Now someone probably never did that to him when he was that's fourteen. True. So Justin, it's a tragic story, really. But Tim. Yeah. Do you think that this sandbag decision, and I think, I think you've sold me on this, but I want to know, do you think that this was intentional or do you think it was a subconscious master's level thing that just happens when you're a savvy enough bike racer that yeah. without even considering the ramifications, you were like, well, I'm going to sign up for the B race. Uh, you know, my oh. fitness isn't so good, like whatever you need to tell yourself, but you didn't even think about, I'm going to win this thing. He was 100% doing this for the win. I'm assuming that he's, he's, I know Justin, I've hung out with Justin. I've drank beers with Justin. Justin is a good dude. And you know what? He needed to show that family the top step. He's got a new kid. That's true. Got to show daddy still got it. This is a big deal to win a bike race. And you're trying to tell me when he was on that start line, he didn't look around going, huh? I can beat every one of these people. This is like, mm. we need more of this because as long as USA cycling or any mountain bike series is not going to enforce upgrades or anything. We need more people to go out there and stake claim to <laughs> what's rightfully takes. theirs. And that's Justin on the top step of this podium after two laps. Why would he do three? What was the prize? What was the prize? I think we need yeah. to look this up because I'm guessing it was like a, a $10 gift card to the local, uh, you know, pizza place or something, which, you know what? That's fine. Go out and win that race. That's fine. Um, you know, a hundred bucks goes a long way, uh, to a kid's, uh, you know, a 14 year old's, uh, bike racing career. They can, they can see their name in lights. Uh, but if it's just a, a gift card, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. They don't need that. I'm really hoping that it was like this race was organized <laughs> by like the local, like lions club uh-huh. or the rotary, like, Oh, we got some mountain bike trails. Let's bring some people in. Like, 
You know, yeah. Phil's kid uh, is a bike racer. Maybe he knows how to do a, a three lap circus. And then, um, you know, the, the, the three lappers go off, uh, two lappers go off and Justin just does dust them wins yeah. by a lot. And they're all like, Ooh, this guy, who's this up and coming cyclist? Like they don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Could be good. Well, well here's it. the thing. If he, if he did win a $10 gift card, uh, to the local pizza place, he probably doesn't have to feel bad because there's a good chance <laughs> that they work there. Both those 14 year olds <laughs> work at the pizza place. So they get the free pizza already. They don't need the pizza. Eat the what pizza. What he should do is he should go, pizza, he should go find out where they work and then just eat the pizza, pizza in front of them. Like, hey, are they working today? And then like he goes in and just cashes in his, um, his mm-hmm. pizza uh, yeah. what with his book it pin and, uh, you know, things look really good. It's good. This is so exciting. Yeah. I don't know if I'd let my, uh, competition make my pizza. We might run into a, oh, a little a, guy situation where you, you get a little something extra in there. Oh, like, that's oh. true. Yeah. Very, dangerous. very, very, very true. It could be dangerous. That's why Remco got that pizza hut sponsorship. He knew that got it direct the from the source. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, very, very true. Um, the other big uh, news, I guess, in cycling uh, this week here in America was that it was the Mid-South in yes. Oklahoma, which is kind of like the, for our international list- listeners, the Mid-South is a non-affiliated gravel race. So it is not part of the Belgian waffle ride and it is not part of the Lifetime Grand Prix. Right. The owner of the event is very proud of this independence. And it, it takes place outside it's, of it's Tulsa. It's also the, the um, unofficial start, kickoff yeah. kick to the gravel season. It's the and first it's usually, big show. Usually a nice clay roads. Usually horrible weather, which this time was yeah, about 25 degrees, it mm-hmm. looked like. Um, and the winner was Cole Patton on the men's side. He races for Orange Seal. I'm taking it by about a minute over Dennis Van Weyden and Adam Roberge, who I will remind you both, I selected Adam Roberge to win the Lifetime Grand Prix. Already looking good. And that, that was a chase group, it looks like, of about 10 people. And then a uh, shout-out to uh, Lauren DeCrenzo, who maintains her amazing form with a first place in the women's by quite a bit. Um, but it's it's quite uh, good to see... Uh, Lauren. Now, what's important to note is Lauren DeCrenzo is not doing the Lifetime Grand Prix. Um, okay. There's Lifetime Grand Prix. What's the difference? Uh, one is that there's mountain bike races. So I have heard that Lauren is not the like that might be what's the, stopping it. Okay. Like that might be why she didn't register because it's not. Yeah. Doesn't I get play it. to her strengths. Yeah, and that Leadville race is like you know that looks sketchy, man. The Leadville, <laughs> you're basically going descending. It's an out and back on a single track on the mountains, and so you got a lot of mm. a lot of us climbing while the, the really fast people are coming <laughs> screaming down the downhill. It makes it um, exciting. So I get yeah. it. So, um, and then you've got uh, two Minnesotans, little guy in the top ten. Um, yeah. Oh. Are you have you raced against either of these? Minnesotans. I have raced against Kesha. Yeah, fun fact, uh, raced against Kesha a lot back in the day. And fun fact, last crit I ever did in my life, uh, I started at the very front because I was a little worried about the form. And <laughs> the race <laughs> started, yeah. and Kesha went immediately to the front and turned around and looked at everybody and then turned back around and lit it up and had me blown out the back by the end of the first lap of like a 40 plus um, person field. So yeah, he's fast. He's super fast. I wouldn't say my form was that bad that I, that I expected (laughs) to be gone on the first lap, but Uh he made it happen. So that's kind of my last moment in bike racing is, is seeing Kesha kind of smile at everybody and just, just put everybody to it. Are you happy that he did so well? Oh, totally. He's, he's a super, super nice guy. He's Uh, okay. So he did it with a nice smile on his face when he looked back. Oh no, he has he has one of the nicest smiles in bike racing. Like I'm sure every scene has that guy who's just destroying you and making you hurt so bad and always smiling. Like in the yeah. same way that Taco Vanderhorn is always in the break, like he's in the break yeah. at KBK and he had that big smile on his face. Cash is kinda like that. Smile on his face and you're like, How is this possible? we're doing 300 plus Watts and I'm going to die in a minute. And he's just like smiling and then he'll come over and say hi. And you're like, don't talk to me like that right now. I'm too happy. 
He's, he's a really great guy. No and business he's super fast. speaking There's, at a at a regular heart rate to me right now. No business being this friendly right now. Yeah. What you're doing to me. So, so no, he's great. On the on the mid south on the men's uh-huh. side, okay. um, Cole Patton, the winner, is in the lifetime Grand Prix. So definitely. You know, he's not going to be able to hide anymore because everyone's going to know um, who he <laughs> is, clearly. Adam yeah. Roberge, Peter Stetna um, did quite well. And I'm going to have to look up um, some of the other uh, folks. But, I mean, long story um, short is that, you know, it was a pretty stacked field. Um, and Cole Patton definitely down, laid down a marker um, to watch. I think what we should do is we should probably try to get um, friend of the pod, Amanda Nauman, on because I know she was out there this week to maybe do a little preview because she is racing in the Lifetime Grand Prix to talk about yeah. the first one that's coming up, which is going to be Sea Otter in early April, like April 7th. So maybe sometime in March we can have Amanda on to give us kind of um, where she's uh, looking, um, yeah. maybe like a capsule preview of Sea Otter. Speaking of uh, yeah, Mid-South real quick, I'll give another uh, shout out to a, a, a listener that I know was out there that had a great result in 24th overall. Um 23rd for men. Uh, Chris Moman uh, used to work with him at the bike shop uh, in town nice. uh, over here in Massachusetts. So good uh, good ride from him. Uh, Michael Vandenham also result. with an 18th. Um, I'm pretty so, sure yeah. he bought uh, my old Belkin jersey as well. Oh. Wait, you had a Belkin jersey? <laughs> I had a Belkin jersey that was autographed by Wilco Kelderman. I put it up Whoa. on eBay. What? Wait, what? what? Dude. You guys knew this. What? Okay, this right. this is Why friendship. Like Tim this is this? come on. This is damning. <laughs> Are you serious? You've had a Belkin Well, Chris Melman has it now. Oh my god. Well, and you dude, you didn't you even had tell a Kelderman us. Kelderman autographed jersey and I didn't I didn't even get first right of refusal. I feel and like I you it's did. a Belkin I jersey. Like I didn't get first it. On this I show. No. No. We even no. talked about no, Belkin you, like a week or two ago and this did not come up. There's, there's no way this, we've talked oh about my this. God. This is Spencer. What <laughs> secrets do you have that you're not telling us? Are you riding your some, bike? This is a violation oh, of, of the, <laughs> the friendship accords that we that we we signed all those years ago at uh, Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis. I mean, Spencer. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How uh-huh. many times? A ridiculous amount. Far too many times. I have talked about how much I love that Belkin jersey. It's true. To the point that. I mean, I had it, it the Garmin even be mentioned one as, as well that, that had the whole team signatures, including a Tyler Farrar on it. Um, I think I got to leave. That also, that also got sold. <laughs> I'd like to thank all the listeners to the Slow Ride podcast. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, all right. You guys have anything else to add? No, I think we got to leave on that bombshell. <laughs> yeah. I don't even want to watch it in line of fire anymore tonight. This is, this is, like, it's a downer. Wait, you know how it yeah. ends. <laughs> Ah, man. Well, I'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network and all the listeners and subscribers of the Slow Ride Podcast. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. I, don't, I, I can't even continue with the outro, boys. <laughs> wow. Knowing that there was a Belkin jersey in our collective possession that we didn't even get the chance to buy. I'm pretty sure you did. It was on eBay for anyone. and with that this is tim in orlando this is matt minneapolis checking belkin jerseys on ebay and this is spencer in holyoke massachusetts reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists so you see out on the road especially if they're in my old belkin kit this is probably chris the slow ride podcast bikes advice and rumors straight from the source theslowridepodcast.com and on Twitter at theslowridepod. Dear cycling friends, we accept the fact that we have created the premier gravel and road racing podcast, and we don't think you're crazy to ask us who we think we are. You see us as you want to see us, 
in the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a hobby blogger, a gravel pro, and a curious newbie. And you can find us on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours, the Grodio Podcast.